A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, everyone. Red Men Radio. We're here. I want to. I want to start numbering this podcast. Um, it's not going to be this week because I've not put any thought into that. If anyone knows what number podcast this is, please do tweet us at the Red Men TV and save us a save us a job. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we had this conversation about how podcasts get to milestones and they do cool things to celebrate milestones, and we've not put that level of thought into it. I think we numbered the first like three or four. It's probably only about 10 we're up to, to be fair. Um, but Chris Pajak, hello. It's well, good mate. to be back. Um, yeah, I did the first podcast without you. Mm, it was weird. Yeah, got called a bell end within the first two minutes of the podcast. That was nice. Uh, much earlier than that, I think. <laughs> 15 seconds, maybe. And right towards the end and a few in the middle. Yeah, I, I didn't get that far. Um, question to kick us off this week comes from Zachary A. Marks, who's um, at underscore couches maybe maybe I've deleted some of that who cares which current player would you send back in a DeLorean to help us get over the line in 0809 or 1314 if any let's go back then to the year 2008 2009 that famous year um, Liverpool came close Man United delivered the title once again that season. Um, what was it that Liverpool were lacking? Let's work this logically. What were Liverpool lacking that we've that this squad has that, that it could help with? I, initially, when I when I remembered this side, I was thinking nothing from today's current crop of players. Okay. That was my instant reaction. Yeah, and I went back and I got the side. So we've got. Pepe Reina in goal. Yeah. Arba Lauer at right back. Yeah. Skirtle, Carragher. And obviously Aga was in the rotation as well. Oh, Hippier. was it Hippier? Hippier, sorry. As well. Um, and Aurelio at left back. Then you got Zabi Alonso, Mascarano. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> Dirk Kout on the right, he was outstanding. Steven Gerrard playing that 10. And here's the here's where I think the, the weakness in Albert that side Rera. was. Albert Rear and Ryan Babble were the guys who were rotating in on the left-hand side. Okay. And Fernando Torres up front. So my initial reaction of absolutely nobody has seen me look at Ryan Babel and Albert Riera and think, Mane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Pick pick one of our pick Coutinho, Mane, or Salah and put them in in place of Albert Riera, and that's a much better team as a result of it. I've come at this from a different angle because. I think our side was fine. I'm not sure one more good player helps us. What we really could do with is someone... 
and I'm not sure who this is, maybe you can help me out with this one. I think it's more uh, uh, about sabotage than it is about improving. So it's about damaging other people than it is about making us better per se. And the person I'd like to see sabotage, damaged, maybe give him a bit of pink eye um, is Andreas Schaven. Okay. Um, so I would very much I is would that the sense, season scored four against us. That is that game. The game we the game we we effectively ended the title challenge was four 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 was it with Arsenal. Um, the, so who are you picking from our current crop of players to go back and give Arshavin pink eye? Maybe pink eye. Bing, I'm just throwing that out there and I'm open to suggestions of how you can go about sabotaging Andre Arshavin. Maybe just give him the pies a season earlier. Um, because he, he definitely he definitely fell in love with 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 with, with the pies and the pasties. Um I wonder whether it's a... Are we sending home-baked back? We're sending the home-baked <laughs> If they were only going back then, like that. Yeah. our Shavin would never have done that. Send someone back for a nuisance factor. The moment I said nuisance factor in my head, I thought Moreno, yeah, absolutely. I thought Moreno. He's just a nuisance. It's just a PR nuisance. He's a naughty kid in class. Send him back to the... Or someone else equally to derail Man United in some way, shape or form. I mean, we're going to come on to talk about players that people um, that people hate around Liverpool Football Club because uh, there's, there's reason for it. If you've been watching the shows this week, it's been a bit of a thread running through. Um, so I feel a bit shady because I'm, I'm kind of doing this and it's, we'll, we'll have this again in this podcast. That... Like you'd send a you'd send a Dejan Lovren to Man United somehow, you know what I mean? And I, and I don't know, I don't know, just maybe proximity to Man United's defense might 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 rub off or something. I don't I don't know. I I'm not sure. Again, you know, eight oh nine. I don't I don't think there was much more we could have done there. Thirteen fourteen is the thing. What was that team lacking? It's still conceding goals. I don't yeah. think we have the solution to that. Problem I either. think we do. And I've come. Okay. At the, I would send this season's Phil Coutinho back to play in midfield in place of maybe Lucas Leiva. It's okay. quite odd. So now, I mean, Phil Coutinho has built relationships with players down the years. Alberto Moreno in thirteen fourteen. Um, um, no, John Flanagan. John Flanagan in thirteen fourteen, wasn't it? Um, but Phil Coutinho playing with Phil Coutinho in that side. Ah. So he's the left winger, and he's also the left centre midfielder now. But I mean, he was the left centre midfielder in 13-14. We changed it a few times during 13-14, didn't he? So we we did that diamond with him as the left winger, but we also played a period when he was on that left-hand side as yeah. well. So I'd have two Phil Coutinho's in, playing one-twos with each other, and I think you get more goals with two Phil Coutinho's in that side than okay. one. So my fear is this time cop-style situation <laughs> where two people cannot inhabit the same space and they might... You might kill them both, basically. No, that's is, not is, happening is, is in is this one. All right, Zart, okay. We've been through the rules. All right, Zart. Just to, just to pre-establish the rules, no time, no time. The time cop thing does not does not apply in this particular no. instance. Double for Coutinho. Yeah, I, um, that's a, it's just a tough, I, I don't, I, again, that team, you, other than, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty sensible show because Phil Coutinho, as you right, Phil, current Phil Coutinho was much better than 13-14 Phil Coutinho, even though he was pretty decent. And I imagine he'd be on the same wavelength. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. Paul. You know what I'd ask him to do though, Chris? What? I'd Shoot be doing best. that. I'd be no. I'd ask him to like drug Daniel Sturridge and bring him back. 
Oh yeah, definitely. When he comes, that an I want 13, yeah, 14. That's an yeah, yeah, let's do. Let's, 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 I like to be fair. Got to meet Daniel Sturridge this week. He's still a very, very pleasant guy. Very, very humble guy. And I'm glad he scored at the weekend, and I'd like to see more goals from him. But I would also very much like the Daniel Sturridge that could just run for days past people and score goals. Also was nice. It was very nice indeed. I'd um, also be bringing Torres back. I mean, now that, you, now that you've said it, and I've thought, you know, there's been a modicum of thought got into it. Bringing Torres back is the obvious, but. But when you could perform the switcheroo with Sturridge, all you just do is you'd like put a wig on this one yeah. and you'd shave the heads of the of the of the one you bring him back with, yeah. And other than the fact that I'm going, he's got his pace back, hasn't he? No one would really know that no like dead hard insane him, Paul. He's just like dead hard insane him. He doesn't look any older in the four years or whatever. So yeah, I I I think I'm a bit sneaky, but yeah, the obvious answer is bring back Temper. Question for you Is Mignolet better now or was he better then? I am. Uh, no idea. I've no idea. <laughs> I can't tell if he's good now or he's bad I've now or anything. I don't know. I just watch him and I feel nervous at times. Yeah. Um, well, this all kind of feeds. Um, nice. Is that we're, we're going to address and uh, kind of stick with us on this, like because there's there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things I've seen in comments and there's a few things people have, have tweeted to us and what have you. The first one I saw was a, was a tweet when I asked for questions for this podcast. It came from Man of Steel at Cipher One Hundred Diaz, which is. Why do we still think we are a top four team when we are a mid-table team? Why do LFC fans think this? I've got something. I think it's to do with the fact that we finished in the top four last season. And we're not. And we're like, what, sixth at the moment? Yeah. So I think you can only really go on the last finish. And we're technically a top four team because we're playing in the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's this notion of... I think, yeah, we'll come, we'll come on to it. But I think, I think there's, a, there's a real feeling that Liverpool's just... Among some people, that it's just not right and it's broken and it's irreparably goosed. Uh, I'm sure we'll see more of that evidence along the way. But yeah, I just thought it was a really, it was a really oddly phrased question. Like, why do we still think? Because, because, because the season's not over. You know, I, I baffling, baffling, genuinely baffles me. Um, but anyway, I asked, um, I asked people for some comments on players they didn't like. Before we get into that, though, actually, there was the one comment, and I, I started off thinking this was this was shit, and then the more I read it, I kind of, I must admit, I kind of. Got this is a long it. comment. This is a massive comment. So everyone, everyone, strap themselves in for a moment. If you need to pause this and get, I'm a already strapped in. By all means, strap on. Pull always um, strapped me in. Excuse me. Who did we beat? This is in the re- from the review show. Huddersfield. The answer is Huddersfield. Do you people realise how many years this shit is going on? Any decent team with any basic in football know how to beat us. We are going nowhere just like the past how many years? You tell me we are great again because we beat fucking Huddersfield? Do people not understand after all this time? You think because we are Liverpool we have a right to succeed? How many years have we stuck to this plan and failed? Can anyone here tell me it's going to be different? Our club LFC is not as it was, is not as we want to believe. It is shit. We can't even sign players who want to sign for us. Think about that. A player from the bottom of the league says the only team he wants to play for is LFC. We still can't get him in the door. We sign Ox. Who the fuck is Ox? Only an Arsenal dope who could not win shit with them. Why is he good enough to win shit with us? He only signed because his stupid mates like Sturridge and Klein play for us so they can have a laugh and do the likes of car karaoke. Football is only a game, so our management say. Imagine Shanks hearing this. We have lost our pride and no league title in how many years proved this? What manager, my ass? Are we better than under Rodgers? 
prove it. Are we happy to support a team who finish fourth once every three, five years? Bollocks. And when we finish 8-9 again, we will start crying. Get a grip. We will never compete with who? The big boys like who? Man City? A second division team? Even a third? Chelsea? Where were they when we were the big boys? We are rubbish. The people who run our club are rubbish. We are falling behind so far we will never catch up. Seriously, does anyone here think we can win the league and compete with the big sides in Europe? Every star player in the past and present wants to leave, no matter what team come for them. They all know they have not a hope in hell to compete for the most important things like fucking league titles. Let's, for fuck's sake... Let's celebrate because we beat Huddersfield and Maribor. It's bullshit in the end. We will have no trophy. Other teams will pass us by laughing at us living in the Stone Age. Woo! Defo got something off his chest there, hasn't Fucking he? Fucking hell. And the thing about it, there is not one space after a full stop <laughs> sentence. That took an, an immense amount of concentration for me to read that. Um, here's the thing. My immediate reaction to that was like, because it starts off, and this is the thing, that my bugbear about this is like, like what, what what's wrong with beating Huddersfield? What's wrong with beating Huddersfield? There's nothing wrong with beating Huddersfield. It's a good thing beating Huddersfield. Um, but it went on. The more and more I read this, I kind of, I kind of get it. Like I, um, I kind of, I, I think it's. An, I, we have this. We said this a lot lately. When you start list making, it's very easy to add things to the list. Mm. And I think he's gone a bit overboard on a number of things. But I, I understand. I can't. I can't argue with the core sentiments he's got there. But it does make me wonder. How do you fix this? How do you, you know, are these people, are people like this always, do people, have people always felt like this? Or are the, or is it a modern aff, a, affliction? And if it is, how do, is it just, is it just like a trophy is going to fix all this? Or what? No, I don't think a trophy fixes it. I think, I understand a lot of his points. I'm kind of like you. There's, there's loads of them there. They're, I, they're my fears mm. for Liverpool. But the thing is, from right now, they're not proved right for me. Now, mm. because we are we are the the team that's just finished fourth, because I still think we can finish in the top four this season. Now he could very well be right, and yeah. and the likelihood is we could finish sixth this season. Yeah, and we could still play well and finish sixth as well. And we've played poorly and we're in sixth at the moment. And we could end the season with no trophies, and then we are that yo-yo club that he's talking about. And I'm not saying like a mid-table side or anything like that, but that one Champions League appearance in four years isn't good enough for me. It's not good enough for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. You know, uh, the trophies that we've that we've got over the last few years, one trophy in in 2012, isn't good enough for a Liverpool fan. And I think. The further you are away from those trophies, the the harder it's going to be and the more comments like this you're ultimately going to find because people get frustrated mm. and time will frustrate you. Yeah. And especially if you don't see your club winning. So I don't think it's... I think it's a modern affliction, but it's a modern affliction because now's the first period of no trophies for a long time. Yeah. Because, you know, we had that 2019, which was unbelievable, of course. we. we what I'm saying is... We won trophies from 2001 till 2006, didn't we? Yeah. Fairly regularly. Yeah. We didn't win anything after that for a while. 2012 the last time. It's a big gap now from 2012 to now. And because everybody's got a voice and everybody's got a platform for that voice to be heard, it's a lot more noticeable. You probably did get the same wins and arses oh, yeah, everywhere, yeah. but you would, if you weren't mates with them, you wouldn't hear them. Yeah. Whereas now, I what was the guy's name? 
JBJB. JBJB. I probably, I don't even know if I live in the same city as him. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't have heard his opinion, but yeah. I have now because the way the world's changed and yeah. stuff. And that's not to say that he's wrong. I like the fact that everybody's got a voice. Yeah. It's how you use that platform, yeah. like, isn't it? Like there was a temptation for me to read that and to start and to get stuck into a few of the points and what have you. But like you say, the fears and everyone's entitled to have the, the fears about stuff. And I remember saying to you at the start of the season that this was a year where we need to draw a line in the sand and we need to say this this Liverpool needs to stop disappointing us. Mm. And it wasn't about necessarily being all of a sudden becoming the best team in the world, but there's, it's creeping in more and more with every passing season. This this like this shorthand speak of oh Liverpool, like that oh that's how we do things. We'll fuck this up because we're Liverpool. And I like it's baffling to me. And it's because we talk about we we talk about my, we talk about my dad's Liverpool. And me, I mean, to be fair, my dad was telling me a story about when the when Liverpool were in the second division and how they played Everton in the senior cup and the and Ian St John I think scored a hat trick on his first ever game and they got beat in that game and you you only played Everton in the in the, in the senior cup and when you did you got battered by them because they were much better than us at that time and it's funny because he's got he grew up when Liverpool played in the division below where you know the top the top flight which is crazy because no one ever talks about that people only ever talk about Liverpool being this all conquering power or whatever but you know he always used to say for for me. If Liverpool, Liverpool just won everything, you know, if we went to go behind, you'd laugh because you'd be like, you've just pissed us off now, we're going to go on and win. Our generation, Liverpool, is um, battling underdogs against the odds, we come out on top. The new generation, Liverpool fans, is against the odds, up. they fuck it up. Yeah, you know, or even when they're favourites, they fuck it up, and when they're against, and when they're, 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 they've got a little bit of a chance when they're the underdogs, but. They don't they're all the same, and it, so I do. I, you know, like I say, I was gonna when I first read it, I was I was dead wound up, and I think there's some daft points in there. Oh I, look, I, like the, the Alex Oxlade Chamberlain yeah, point, stupid. The one, yeah. There's a, there's another one that, but doesn't matter because all the pertinent points he's right on. Yeah. So you could have a go and you could be snappy about it and all that, but there's no point because everything that the, the meat on those bones are all truths. Yeah. Home yeah. truths and the hurt. But the whole thing about like the thing that I don't get, and I've said this about about the Huddersfield game is that. When he talks about any decent team, any basic in football, now to beat us, this is that's why I was encouraged by the. I saw a lot, a number of comments actually about that when we were talking about the positives around the game, and that people. Uh, it's just again, there's just a number of people who don't seem, they don't like positives. I don't think <laughs> they don't like hearing things. Good, I think, and I do wonder whether there's just a certain percentage of people, and it's probably true in the world, and who just want to hear that it's wrong. I don't, and I don't, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I, that doesn't compute with me. I, like. No, you know what? I can. I can understand it because I can be a positive football fan, and I think generally speaking, I am. But when you're not winning league titles and when you're not winning trophies, for people to be positive on things, it, like you know, it, it goes against that because, of course, there are positives on the way on the journey. Yeah. But ultimately, you want the trophies at the end of the day. And if you've not got those trophies, those positives don't count for fuck all, really. Yeah. Unless you are, unless you can see that journey. And if you can't see the journey, it doesn't matter because you yeah. can't speak to them people. That's the problem, isn't it? Is that what does the, we, we don't know what the journey looks like. I mean, the, again, the, the journey at the moment is one that leads to, uh, leads to failure. The match shrouded, Paul. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like command and conquer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, 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 you think you're going the right way and you hope that you're going the right way. Sometimes you turn down a blind alley and you have to go Whoa, back. It's a trap. It's a trap. And that's it. And that, you've just got to, it, it's just, it really depends on what type of a person you are because 
if you want everything to be have everything to have happened for something to be positive, then I'm never going to convince you that things are good yeah. because I'm I'm looking at the future the, yeah. and not looking at what's just happened. The problem is it, for me is that it's. Again, we we say we say this all the time. Football's about getting the enjoyment out of it where where it comes. You're supposed to be able to enjoy watching football. Mm. That's what your enjoyment is. Your enjoyment shouldn't come from winning titles and stuff like that. That's uh, uh, look, it's a bonus. And it sounds like again, it probably sounds like one of those like well, you're accepting it. It's not football because ultimately there are a very select few football teams at any level who are good enough to win anything ever. Um, so you, for a start, you're privileged to support one that even has a sniff of, of, of an opportunity like that. But you know the fact is, and this is where it's changed. I think, and because the, the the culture of football's changing, because football's far more about the fans who consume footy, not the fans who go to the football. How you consume it has changed, and it's far more about the analysis around it and putting every single kick of the ball into a, into a, into a context of a league title challenge or a. This manager's fucking up, or this manager's on, on on the up and up, as opposed to it's a a place you go and enjoy something, and you take that in, you take that enjoyment from it. That, I think that's one of the things that's being lost from footy, and that's why again, because I still have that, I'm baffled when people can't enjoy the week to week of football. Yeah, because that's the thing you go you, 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 you go to know. the you go to the game and listen. I enjoy watching football, and that's what I love, and that's why I talk about football so much. But you go to that Huddersfield game and it, it wasn't an enjoyable first half for me. And there are games where they're just not enjoyable. But there are games that I've seen Liverpool, you know, lose or I've seen Liverpool draw. I've enjoyed the minute by minute because this good stuff's happened because it's a good game of football. I can yeah. appreciate another team playing well. You know, not every Liverpool goal that we concede has to be somebody's fault. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can just raise your hand and go, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. You know, what's Vardy's doing scoring from there? I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's an amazing finish type of thing. And there's two, there's not enough of that anymore. And I said it last season, or was it the season before? You don't pay to watch your team win yeah. when you go to the game. You pay to watch your team play football. Yeah. That's what you're paying for. That's yeah. why you're privileged to be there. And if you can't enjoy it, then don't. If It's like, I, I'm a fan of the F1, and I really enjoy F1. But the best bits are the start. And the fucking and and that's it because they've taken quite a lot of the enjoyment out of the F one by by just being so hard to pass people yeah. now on the on the tracks. And I know people who watch the F one who just watch the start and turn off and turn back on and turn back on for the for near the end. That's not you can't do that with footy like that. You, you there's no option to do that. Yeah. You sit through the ninety minutes. You don't walk off. Yeah. You're there. You've paid your money. That's what you've come to see. You can enjoy every little bit of it. Like it's a great game. Yeah. It's ultimately it's a fucking great game. Yeah, I think that's it. I, for me, like I say, I've, I've I enjoy the, the finer points of footy because that's the, the bit that's the bit of me that enjoys playing footy, that enjoys that that side of it, like the the, the wider part. Because I've played for some terrible football teams in the over the years. I've played for some dreadful uh, Saturday league teams, Sunday league teams, five aside teams. Been on the receiving end of beatings, but there was always that satisfaction of kicking a footy, making a save, sticking the ball in the back of the net, playing a good pass. And they're the things about footy that I appreciate. And the problem is, is that we live in a world now, and maybe it's just because where Redmen's gotten to, it's uh, you can't looking at the saying something was good is no longer. It's like you should, like you've got to be looking at the bigger picture at every at every single step. And here's the point I've said this for weeks about this part of the season. This is this is the fucking worst part of the season because there's no sense in getting fucking wound up by it unless you're bottom of the league 
there's no point in getting dead wound up about it, which is why Evertonians are fine to get wound up by their situation. Because we're only now, and it's hard for people to understand this, but and Liverpool need to very much go and do this. But don't be shocked if we're third if we win the next four games back to back. It's because that's how footy that's how footy works. And then we'll lose one and we'll be back down to fifth. And it'll be heads fall off left, right, and centre. There is a little bit of this where you've kind of got to take a big deep breath mm. and in, again in, enjoy it as you go along because as I said, you don't know what the race looks like. I've seen so many different permutations on seasons. Now, yeah, the vast majority of them are out of what, even if we just count the Premier League, we're talking about 26 years of the Premier League now, aren't we? The vast majority of them have ended trophyless for Liverpool, of course, so we know what that looks like. But also, I've seen it happen loads of, loads of different ways. And how, uh, oh, yeah. like, look, look, 2005, the perfect example. That side that side was winning nothing. I could And yet not. it somehow managed to win the biggest prize of them all. I, now, it was a different world at the time because you couldn't watch every Liverpool game at the time. You know, you could get the foreign satellites, so you could, you could watch a lot of them, but there were still games that you simply couldn't watch all 90 minutes of, certainly not live, and the, the internet was not, the broadband was only just starting to be a, to be a thing at that time. Um, so you, you you had to switch off to it. I remember being so wound up with Liverpool that season because I was I, we might have done this on the podcast yeah. and I was living away at the time and because uh, I didn't have it, I was just it was so frustrating because you had to watch match the day, you had to watch the. That's where you started playing foot again, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. You had to watch football first, which was a new thing on Sky at the time, and us being so inconsistent was maddening um, but that's you know you just but then again no one would have known when you were dropping points to some of the fucking teams we dropped a point to points to along the way that we'd have we'd end up lifting the European Cup at the end of it and you don't and this is the point about everything you just you just don't know in these things do you so you'd have got to very much find the enjoyment it, it leads us on a little bit because the player that for me that sums up that period the 2005 was Luis Garcia mm. Um, now, the the what what spawned this this line of conversation? And we've had we we had this in the final word, and we picked it up elsewhere as well. But we talked about uh, the, like the the hatred towards Jordan Henderson online. Um, Joel Rabinovich, I think it is on 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 Twitter, made a point about this as well, and he 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 tweeted a picture of some of the responses to Jordan Henderson's Instagram account. Dejan Lovren's come out and put really revealed a DM where someone said, I'll, I'll murder your family, you Croatian. Yeah, we talked about the Dejan Lovren stuff on last week's podcast, actually. And it's a bit like... It's the, this notion that how many players within our squad are not just disliked, but genuinely hated. So it was a little social experiment. I put a tweet out on, on Redmen and the sensible people of the world got back to me and said, why are you putting this out? Because you're just spreading negativity and hopefully you'll understand the context behind it now. But I, I want to go through some of the responses. Um, first and foremost, clap quotes came back with, oh shit, here come the anti-Lovren and Hendo Brigade. Yeah. Um, the, there's a couple, there's a few sensible responses in here, and there's a few mad ones as well. So we'll just go through them. Rob Johnson uh, plays the dislike. He said, the, "So I've just gave to give you the first tweet. Tweet was: Is there a current Liverpool player or players that you genuinely dislike, and why?" So Rob Jono said, "None. There's a few I don't think are fit to wear the share, but they are, and they're living the dream. So I'll support them all the same, which I think is a very, very sensible response." Ava Peraltiago says, "I'm still not 100% on Firmino because he didn't sign my pro." two years ago and broke my heart <laughs> um, show me the man eh? Count Cube last season on Football Manager Origi was in a huge contract dispute with me shouted about him being a traitor in the cop out of habit in one game 
He then goes on and says, he went on to be well class. My tactics had let him down. The experience <laughs> did make me think maybe I shouldn't play as Liverpool this year. Oh, fantastic. Super. Um, but yeah, we've got a few. Uh, Kay, uh, Miserable, uh, Lovren and Clavan, for obvious reasons, they're under 12 footballers. Tom Darlington says, Carrius purely based on his Instagram. <laughs> Um, some guy called Will to be honest if anyone genuinely dislikes footballers as people just for their performances of footballer then they're just pathetic Reese Terry follows up Moreno and Lovren because they're shit uh, Hamoud Al-Yassin Dejan fucking Lovren HK9 Gaming Daniel Sturridge washed up and overrated uh, Nikhail Arumagum Simon Mignolet it's like he deliberately trolls me every time he tries to make the oncoming striker my medical bills have gone up Pete Evans 16 Sturridge not sure why um, <laughs> fantastic uh, James Chandler Daniel Sturridge because he's terrible and doesn't work for the team um, Lee Murdoch Mignolet and Lovren need to evacuate out my team ASAP always synchronising their nightmare games and here's a great comment comes from a Man United fan all of them I hate Liverpool <laughs> which is fine which is absolutely fine it's supposed to be Paul yeah absolutely um, Spy and Cop uh, the Cop HQ Dejan Lovren because he's absolutely fucking shite um, and it, there's, there's, there's more and there's, there's, it, go, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on so again it got, got me thinking about this about and I think the answer's similar to what you gave to this before, but we'll we'll, we'll go into it nevertheless. That this is probably uh, this is definitely a kind of thing that's existed, but it's definitely something that's been amplified by the fact that social media exists. Mm. And like I said, I was genuinely taken aback this weekend by the amount of negativity towards Jordan Henderson. It wasn't even like because if I put something out there saying Jordan Henderson is world class, he's as good as Steven Gerrard, or he's up there with the best midfielders ever to play for Liverpool. Fine, but it wasn't. It was pointing out a random little good thing that he did in a match, and the the response to it of like, like he's the, he's terrible, he's shit, he's he's the fucking worst, and all that. And it, it was, I hadn't realised how big an agenda there was against Jordan Henderson online, and it, I find it again baffling how people how how people. Yeah, those I think opinions. the the Henderson thing's funny for me. I thought he was our best player on the day. I thought it was between him and Gomez. Um, so I find it I find it really strange, and and maybe it's one of those that's down to people who are in the game and who are out of the game and and, and stuff like that. And because everybody knows you see different things when you're at the match, so it's what Sky wants to show you on the TV, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Henderson thing, I don't think it's I don't think it's how he plays. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the issue. I think people see him as a sign of where they feel Liverpool are as a club. Yeah, and. When we had Steven Gerrard as our captain, whether he was a good captain or not, yeah. he was that talisman, that world-class superstar that Liverpool had that said, whatever happens, we're still going to be sound because we've got Steven Gerrard here as our talisman. Yeah. And Jordan Henderson, people, wa- people want the captain of Liverpool to be that talisman. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Henderson's never going to be that talisman, but yeah. he can be a very good footballer for us. Yeah. And he plays very well a lot of the time. Yeah. I don't think he's had the best start this season, if I'm honest. I yeah. think he's been below par. But... He would be one of the. Re- he would be maybe the player that you'd send back in 13, 14 to play in them games that he missed, Paul, yeah. going to the top of the show, because that's how integral he was yeah. in 13, 14. Yeah. So I think it's people. That, that whole you're accepting mediocrity. That's what Liverpool having Jordan Henderson as the captain is for everybody. Yeah, that it, it, it's it's a fucking big symbol that says we know we're not good enough because we've got Jordan Henderson as our captain, and it doesn't make sense for me because great captains and good. And I'm not saying he's a great captain, by the way, but great captains. I don't think I don't think fans know what great captains are. Yeah, 
No, I agree. I, I think a lot, a lot of it boils down to that thing of it's like a t- it's like a, maybe it's like because again people exist online a lot more, so you interact with fans facelessly a lot more. Whereas you used to do it, you know. I remember when we went to, when you go to uni, it's probably the first time you you interact with a bunch of people from around the country for the first time. So you meet fans of different teams and you chat about footy and all that, and it was great. I loved that because it opened a whole new world up to me. And you never really you got a, the that's where ban, the banter culture started to come from. And but it was never really like a toxic a toxic one because you could always have reasonable debate with people. But you've got a load of faceless fan groups who are doing what I've got constant one-upmanship going. And I, I admit that. And Henderson, you're right. I think typifies Liverpool in that until they win something we've got it's an em- we've just got empty arguments it's all no he's look you know it's all it's us trying to point out the good things they do instead of it being universally accepted this is good it was universally accepted that Steven Gerrard was a great footballer so you didn't have to make a case you didn't have to fight Gerrard's corner if anyone said he was shit you just laughed in the face because you'd seen him score like a vital header in a Champions League final he's got a cup final named after him he's won single-handedly won games important yeah. games and nothing games scored screams some of the best goals the Premier League's ever seen etc etc you didn't need to, whereas this Liverpool, you have to kind of grit your teeth and cross your fingers and cross your toes and and let and leave it to them. To oh yeah, because you, someone says to me, "Why Jordan Henderson a good player? Because he recycles possession really well." It's not. Really, it's it's <laughs> yeah. not really an Sexy. argument, is it? Do you know what Sexy, I mean? I mean, yeah. like, he's really good at doing that. Yeah. You mean he passes sideways, lads? But he's very good at the pass sideways. Yeah. And I've got nothing. Well, Steven Gerrard used to score goals from 35 yards. Did yeah. Jordan Henderson do that? No, no, but... He scored one against Chelsea <laughs> last season. Yeah. No, and he's never going to be... like He's never going to be Steven Gerrard. And he's never... He, he's just not as talented. Yeah. He's just not. But he can be just as important to this side, just in different ways. And if that sideways passes, I'm sorry, people. That sideways passes. That's the thing. We, we did this about the goalkeeping thing on the final way, didn't we, about how... It's how we play footy. And what I love as well is that, again, it, it's so much of it is unfounded. And I think people get opinions on stuff. Like, my, my Uncle Tommy's very much like this. He gets a, he gets a player in his head. And he's always had it. For him, you're, you're terrible until you prove, you completely prove you're wrong. And even then, you know, he's never truly proven wrong. He'll either shut up about them or, you know, maybe he'll go, oh, no, he's coming out. That's very rare, by the way. Or he'll just sit and wait. It's just sitting because it's like it's like a bet that you don't you never have to cash, and the longer you sit on it, the more likely you are to be able to to, to cash Fucking it in. Told you, yeah. Said told it all you. along. Said it ten years ago. He was going to be shit. He's had nine years of service. He's done, blah, blah, you know. And it, again, when we're not winning, all these arguments again become become harder become harder to make because it's like the Lucas Lever thing. There'll just be people who who will never ever ever be able to look back fondly on Lucas Lever's career because we won't fuck all while basically while he was at the while he was at the club. I've seen loads of people say we could do with him this season. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that that, that and this is the thing, isn't it? Where we live, are right now. And we could, by the way. Far, yeah. We're too far removed. <laughs> From 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 being able to go, we're not shit luck. Like Man United, it's like you can't take the piss out of them because I, I did some stuff with them the other week. They were going, oh Liverpool, we're on paper, we're better. Like, lads, we finished above you last season. What are you talking about? You yeah, but we won the Europa League. Ah, oh, fuck you did, didn't you? <laughs> 
Right, shit. Okay, yeah, and you won the League Cup, great. You know, they're, they're the two hurdles we stumbled at the season the season before. If we had both them in the bag, none of this would be an issue because you'd be able to go, you'd be able to look at that look at that Europa League final and be like, I, I mean, I guess Jordan Henderson played in that game, I, I, but the, I remember very little of that match, but the Daniel Sturridge, world-class striker thing, all these things, you've, you've got that, you've got ammunition, whereas I can understand that if you've, Again, if you if you've only got five years of being a Liverpool fan, then my God, that's a shit five years to have been a Liverpool fan, and you've probably not got a great deal of ammunition in your in, in your locker to be fighting these arguments against people. But fuck them, tell them just just ignore them, man. It's yeah. hard. Got to ignore these. Got to ignore these people. But uh, what it, what it leads on to though, has there ever been a time when? Because there's all I think there's always been players that we've hated. I, I don't like that word, but you, yeah, you know. Let, let, let's, just, let's just clarify that, and I think it needed probably clarifying in the tweet. When you say dislike a player, I mean I'm talking about their footballing ability. Yeah. I am not talking about the bloke because I don't know the fucking bloke. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I, you know, I don't like Dejan Lovren as a Liverpool player yeah. because he's poor defensively. Yeah. Not, I think he's a bit of a tit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've never met the guy, so yeah. I have no idea what he's like in a yeah. personal scenario. So just for that, like I'm just I'm just drawing a line in the sand. Yeah. I'm talking about their football yeah, ability exactly. here. But this, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, yeah, fine. If it needs clarifying, absolutely. I totally agree. That you're dead right on that. That's what we're talking about. Is that thing, but it's that you know, what I mean is there's always that scapegoat. There's always been that one player, sometimes it's two, you know, or whatever, that just, we don't think are good enough to play for Liverpool, so people fucking hate them. And that, the, 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 it tends to be players that are. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. They play, yeah, and we don't understand why they play. The, the, the players that let us down, yeah, <laughs> or more often than not, don't. But they play, and you don't, you never understand why the manager yeah, okay. plays them, and they're the ones that I think tend to be the, the the ones that get it because because your dad doesn't get what he does in what he does what he does in the team effectively. Like again, 
the one I always come back to is Igor Bishkan. He somehow ended up as a cult hero at Liverpool, and I've got uh, the Champions League is the reason why that is ultimately. But he, he was he was pretty terrible for us. He was actually a good footballer. He was actually pretty good, but he we never really we never we never got to see it. But he was everyone fucking hated him at the time. Hated him. He was shit. He was not he was the worst player Liverpool had ever had, and yet he walks out on stage. Igor, Igor, Igor. He gets his name chanted better than this guy who was genuinely amazing storage. at storage, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but so the, I think the point that's quite funny about this is we, we've got, I've asked you to come up, with a, come up with a few. It was a pretty lengthy list I came up with, and I only went back five years. Yeah, of players that we've, and I, again, in inverted commas, hated down the years, or players you were just... The conversation we've just had about Jordan Henderson... You know, these are players that where you feel you spent you spend their entire Liverpool career defending them and saying that they're good enough, and all you're ever praying is that they just stick a world in every now and again, yeah. just so you can go nah. Except what they do is they misplace a couple more passes and they give away a yellow card here and there, and you just know that everyone who hates them will zero in and focus on those things and totally. I get I get so pissed off when Jordan Henderson misplaces a pass. Yeah. Because I know I can count them up. Yeah. And I'm like, and I like him, and I'm thinking, ah, fuck. But that was 16 really good passes to one really poor pass. Have you pass. seen this fucking video? Someone tweeted it to me about the Henderson stuff, and it was a video about why Henderson's terrible. And it was a video about why Busquets is boss. And it's like, look at Busquets. Here's the situation. He plays the, the ball forward. Here's Henderson in a similar, similar situation. He plays it sideways. And it was like, proof, there you go. And I was like, I would genuinely love to go and watch Busquets and put a highlight reel together of every time he plays a shit safe pass and plays it sideways and backwards because I bet he does because that's the fucking role. Did you ever watch, was it the, was it the Zidane thing where they followed him for the... Oh yeah, yeah. I never watched it because it... But it's it's sinfully boring, Paul. Yeah. It's sinfully boring because he doesn't get the ball very often in that game of football and if you, if I think back to Zidane and I think back to his Juventus days and his Real Madrid days, he was always on the ball, he was creating everything, he was scoring goals, making assists. I've watched one 90 minutes of just him running around on a pitch and he did fuck all. Like. Yeah. And these are the things, you remember stuff completely differently. So Busquets does loads of great work and he's a great footballer. Yeah. And he is better than Jordan Henderson, in yeah, my opinion. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need a video. Sure, I don't need a, the a biased the video the to tell me that. The man who's anchored the best club side in the last 10 years as yeah. midfield for that 10 years. He's pretty. He's a pretty decent he's a pretty baller, like, player. you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need someone to have, have slyly edited a video. Yeah. To, for, for me to know that Busquets is a better player than yeah. Jordan Henderson. Yeah, and it's also those things as well, isn't it? Again, all uh, video editing, and people, it, it's not evident. It's got to sound like stats. All these things are used. It's quite, again, we use it a lot, a lot this year especially, but the, the expression is confirmation bias. And that's what this thing is, is that if you don't like a player, you... you got, every time they misplace a pass, it's like you, write a, you put a little notch on the wall... Mm. Like of your prison cell of having to endure this player, and you every single thing you you not sure, and you you totally you you then get to a point where you're like, oh, like I've watched him, oh, gives a fuck, he's made them mistakes, fuck him, his mistake shouldn't be getting let off with his mistakes, etc., etc., etc. Because if I start letting him off with the mistakes, yeah, Liverpool are just falling down into falling into a trap. Did you see the video of Clavin doing that skills at the weekend? Oh, what do you mean when he turns? When he turns, yeah. and it's. There's a, there's two polar opposite opinions of how good and how bad that is. I thought it was fucking hilarious, and he's just, and he's just brilliant. Yeah. 
and there's just a stream of people. What the fuck's he doing that for? What a fucking idiot. I'm like, he didn't lose the ball. He looked like a fucking Don for a start. <laughs> <laughs> it's boss. Bear in mind, you know, just do a little info on, on me and Chris. There was a spell of our life where we used to try and add as much flair into our day-to-day routines as possible. And this included like things like adding spins into walking downstairs and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm down. I'm down. If you want to add a 360-degree rotation into walking in a straight line, then you go for it. I thought it was great. All day long. I loved it. Uh, I, I, I really... But, he went up in my estimation with that. Is, but, but he went whole... down in so many others. Yeah, I know. And it's... what was it? It was nothing. It, it was, was nothing. No, it was a nothing. It was nothing. And again... This... He played a pass to somebody. I um, It's baffling, isn't it? But, that, but these are the little things that if you like or dislike somebody or if you like that type of thing or you don't like that type of thing, people will talk about that. But, and yeah. it's nothing. He's just completed a pass. Yeah. He's just done it with a bit of flair, a bit is, of jazz hands, you know what I mean? Why, this, this There's nothing is, wrong with no, it. No, 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 but this is inescapable. This is what's getting me getting me riled up about all of this, is that I can do, I can, if it's just one player, I'm not asked because you can shrug and go, oh, what, who, gives, who gives a fuck if no one likes you or Biscan? You know what I mean? Whatever. If it's Jimmy Sharrett, who cares, man? You know, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll get rid of him. But it's because at the minute it's Mignolet, Lovren, Clavan, People are starting to creep up on Matip all of a sudden. The back end of last season, people were turning on Nathaniel Klein. That's been forgotten about now because he's been out. And Milner. Who now Milner is like, he should be Liverpool's captain because he's miles better. People people were raging about James Milner last season after that. Jordan Henderson, Emery Chan has got as many people who absolutely like literally shag his ankle like a like a, a dog in heat as people who think he's the worst thing Liverpool have ever had and he's he's neither he's basically just a decent footballer isn't he yeah. um, there's still people who think Adam Lallana's terrible which is again absolutely bad Firmino Roberto Firmino Daniel Sturridge again as evidence there's people that think he's, 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 he's crap and he's overrated and he's useless and he's blah 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 and then, and then again, Phil Coutinho because of the Barcelona thing. There's twelve players we're up to by, by now. By the way, Carius, Carius, thirteen. Goal- our third choice keeper is our most popular goalkeeper, and he's played ninety minutes of or probably three games of football for us. First team, yeah, exactly. Because uh, he hasn't had a chance to damage his, damage himself in everyone's eyes. That's why. Um, I could probably go on. I mean, let, like Lazarovic is still a Liverpool player. By the way, I saw someone mentioned Origi in the in the tweet as well. He's out on loan at the moment. Um, there's, uh, so there's probably fifteen minimum players who have a pocket of supporters at the very least who think they are dog shit and the worst thing ever. Oh, Salah's even got them? Salah, Salah, people think Salah can't finish his dinner. It's mainly fans of other teams, unfortunately. Um, it's not true because he's really good. Um, but this is the point. that uh, the, uh, this it's, It means at any given point, you can't... It's gotten to the point... I was talking to, talking to some journalists yesterday and they've reached the point now where... They can't, they, like on Twitter, the the reason why they can't be asked to just talk about football on Twitter anymore because it's not, it's just you you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, I and I've like, seen I, journalists talk about other things other than football, and I can't believe you're talking about this when this is happening at Liverpool. Is the responses that I've seen, and you're just thinking to yourself, these guys all say that their personal accounts as well. It's it's how they choose to use their Twitter and yeah. stuff. But stop having a go at these fellas who are just 
being normal, using Twitter sometimes, yeah. and talking about things with the mates uh, and a conversation. Do you know what I mean? There's no need for it. But man. It, the worst of it is that because there's, there's that, because that's the spillover, isn't it? Completely. But it's just that thing because we're going to come to a point where, like I say, that was it, I'd like it was like I'd opened the door of, into a room of crazy at the weekend with the Henderson stuff. I didn't, you know, you were in the upside down, mate. I was in the upside down and inside out. It was fucking weird, and it was like it gets to the point now when am I? Do I now think twice about saying something nice about a, a footballer? Because the response to it was like, could, people could have gone, that's a fair play, because that's a good thing he's done, but want to see more from that. That's a, that's a, a fine and reasons response to it. But the whole like, how did you rate his pointing? It was the quality of the points. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? I'm just wondering because we. I, I had it. I had it massively aimed at us on Ball Street yesterday. Yeah, like, ass man, genuinely. Like, it's. It, I had someone tweet me before and say, he could be pointing at anything here, but he's he's not. I'm like, <laughs> he's I, 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 me I, now. I tweeted back, go and watch the goal back. The point is, and that's what really annoyed me because I wanted to just put the video out there, but I'm not going to get my fucking Twitter account sucked down by the Premier League to make a point about Jordan Henderson because what the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him that much. Like, um, But this is the thing, it, it ended up, you know, it's watch it. I implore everyone, go back and watch it. And it's not, a, and I suppose well, it doesn't make him Roy Keane. You're saying he's not like Roy Keane and Gerard. <laughs> no, no one ever said that at any point, and at no point to the Say he was as good as those players. I just pointed out a good thing that he'd done in the game. The same the way one, that he didn't these, have the ball at his feet. The same way that these mefs break highlight reels of Oxley Chamberlain miss kick misplacing the ball. How is that how is it worse or better? It's better, surely, to point out things that night good things that people do in life. Again, it's not okay, But it's, you've got an agenda. I have. What was it? The, the you Jordan just wanted Henderson. to show Jordan Anderson something No, 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 my agenda, no, no, because my agenda was, and it all stemmed from the fellow at the match behind me saying he doesn't organise the team, he's not a leader, he's not a leader, he doesn't organise the team, and that's total bollocks. It's complete and utter bollocks, he very much does. It's just that you don't look. It's like when my fucking Tory father-in-law says... Well, why did he do that in education? And my wife, who's a teacher, explains it to him, and he's absolutely not interested in hearing the answer. He basically wants to regurgitate something he's read in the mail, and he's got no none of his own thoughts for debate on it. He just has, he has an indoctrinated view of something, and that's where we're we're at. Like I say, when I have not. <laughs> I have been very critical of Jordan Henderson a number of times over the last couple of years because exactly what you said there, he's not had a great start to the season. I think he's had three or four pretty, really good games, but I think the rest he's been he's been subpar. Um, and we've said so, so but I don't think it's, I, 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 I think it's fucking stupid that you can't say that you can say is wanting someone doing something wrong and not be able to say is something that's doing right. Yeah, it's, Particularly it's like, people are spreading misinformation. People I do, wrong I do the player rating show every week after the game, don't I? And whether I think they've had a good game or a bad game is based on that game. Mm -hmm. It's not based on whether they're a good player or not. Yeah. It's, or, or they've been a good player for a period of time. I, rate, I try and rate them for what I've seen on the pitch. Zinedine now, Zidane gets a three for the World Cup final because he gets sent off for button someone. Yeah. He's not a three out of ten no, fucking footballer. he's not. But then, you know, I give I give Jordan Henderson eight at the weekend and I'm deluded. When I thought he had a really good game, there was no there was literally no other reason. But this is the thing. I've not got an agenda. I'm just calling it as I see it. So if I think Dejan Lovren's had a bad game, I'll say it. If I think he's had a good game, I'll say it. Yeah, you know what, fuck it. But, I, but here's the thing. I have got an agenda. If people are going to say stuff that's patently untrue, 
then I'm going to fucking step up and go, have a look at this instead. Because someone said to me, are we not are we not allowed to have reason debate on whether people are good or bad? I was like, no, of, of course we are. That's what we need to have. We need to be able to say as much, like, that was a shit performance and here's why. So much as we need to be able to say, and that was a good performance and here's why. That's what we, that's exactly what we need, what we need to have. The problem is, again, is the lunatics are running the asylum and there's too many people. I think, like I say, it's become shorthand. It's become accepted that certain players are not good enough to play for Liverpool. You know and I don't think people look for the good anymore. Do you know what we used to have at the match? And it's still there in small parts, but it's nowhere near as prevalent as it used to be. Someone misplaced a pass and we used to go, oh, unlucky, next time that'll come through. Yeah. Now, what a shit pass. Yeah. What, what, there's a massive difference there. It's still a bad pass at the end of the day, but it was the right idea. So you used to shout, right idea, yeah. good lad, well in. Yeah. That's that's how you should be approaching it. Now it's what a fucking shit player he is for trying that pass and not being able to do <laughs> it. Not able to it's it not that it's not that easy to play football at their <laughs> level, I'm pretty sure. Like, I mean, we misplaced passes in five-a-side all the fucking time. Oh, the and time. There's, there's them ones where, and I'm the worst for this, I'll fucking shout at somebody for something and then my next one's a t- it's a fucking shocker and we can see he's off it. And my, my hand goes up. Yeah. Sorry, lads. Yeah. Sorry, lads. Yeah, we'll do it, like. And that's, that's and just that's, the way that it is. But, of course, the problem is is that this is these are footballers in the end, hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. Chris, well, this can't is, pass a football. It's even then. worse for me because I'm paying to be shit when I play at goals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a £6.50 a week to be uh, shit. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm trying to say, so I don't play golf anymore. I go to work to get stressed out. I'm not paying 25 quid to walk around there and be cold for 18 hours and fucking end up smashing me club against the tree because I'm wank at it. Yeah, that's true. But this is the thing, isn't it? This is where it all boils down to. And this is not this is not this is not fans' fault. This is this is because football's been moved away. And I, I think I think the issue we've got and the reason why people are turning to, against our own players, yes, it's because these we're looking to these guys for hope. We're looking to them to be able to say, give me some fucking ammunition in a fight, mate. Go and score. Like, like Joe, that Joe Denison screwing that goal against Chelsea last season, that helped massively. And you can't expect him to do that. His, his position on the field, and again, you know, ultimately, I think there's a ceiling to his ability as well. But... These these moments help help you big time. We're looking at these lads and we're saying, "Come on, lads, do me a favour, go and beat Man United and beat them well, so I can go. Ah, you know, give us those give us those moments, give us those memories to be able to to, to be able to use as a fucking shield against the shit that we face, the tons of abuse that we get from shit betting companies that fucking put out trolling fucking they put billboards up." Uh, you know, to, to troll you outside the ground. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one that's PP, the, the Irish one, the biggest load of fucking nonsense I've seen in my life, putting them, putting sponsor boards up, try, trolling Liverpool's defence and how much Virgil van Dijk... Thanks for the clean sheet, lads. Get in the fucking bin and die, Thanks honestly. Thanks for the clean sheet. Yeah, exactly. Fucking A, right, Chris? Um, but we have to face this from all angles. What we need is our players to step up and be dead good so we can just, you know, we can we can bat a little bit of that away. But this is the problem, I think, Chris, and I think it stems from two things. I think something you mentioned to me the other week anymore. These players, are, we, there's no sense of permanence with these players anymore. The players, the, 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 the truly good players, we just know they're going to end up at Barcelona or fucking Real Madrid. And the ones who... The local lads coming through are not ready for that love just yet because they're not they're not at that level. And the ones who have stayed, we now don't love them. 
we think of them as part of the problem of mediocrity. Yeah. Um, so we don't love them for staying with us. We we think the reason they've stayed with us is because they're not good enough to sign for Barcelona and Real Madrid, which is a really weird mentality that we fall into. Um, and also, I wonder whether there's a certain percentage of it where there's no players outside Liverpool that we hate anymore. There's no like, there's no Gary Neville's, there's no Ryan Giggs's, there's none of these players that we or, or, or really managers anymore that we loathe, so that they they take our hatred away for us. If 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 that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think there are still a few exceptions like Mourinho, for example, Thanks, yeah, all of yeah. Manchester United. Um, but yeah, but but there is the though. There's no Man United players that I genuinely. I don't hate Fellaini. I really, I really, do, I really, do, I really okay. dislike him. But like. yeah, okay. Well, he's probably a, 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 an exception. He's played forever, and he's played for them. I, I agree. But do you hate him more than you hated? Again, even if I never told no, you. No, no. Here, here, here's the di- sorry. Here's the difference: is that Man- Manchester United haven't been that good. Yeah. So the hatred kind of it just falls off a little bit because of that. Yeah. Like when they're winning league titles every single year, that hatred will come back big time. Don't yeah. get me wrong on that. Eden Hazard, a player I, I like watching play football because he's an exciting footballer. Yeah. He drives me potty as well because I'm looking at him thinking, how can, you, how can you be so good and so shit yeah. and, and, and blow hot and cold? Oh, but he's Diego, a player that I absolutely hate. Diego, Diego Costa. Costa. These guys keep continue to win league titles and stuff, don't they? They're the players that you hate. They're the ones that you think to yourself, you little bastard. But there's just, it's just, there's just, but here's the thing about these guys. There's just, I think the lack of characters makes that hard because you just hate, you like, you hate Craig Bellamy because look at his personality oozed on the pitch until he played for us and then you loved him as a result of it. Joey Barton's dead easy to hate because he's a, he just comes across like a massive knobhead in every area of his life. And, and all these things, you don't, because you don't have those anymore, I think because they're all bland aren't they? it's all yeah. sanitised yeah exactly that's what, and, that's and they're controlled all, by the clubs exactly. and the Premier League and, and everything else and they're all the same as we. the problem we've got in that thing they're all just passing through there's no guys at these clubs who, who typify their football club anymore because no one's there for more than three or four seasons at this point anymore. again Gary Neville was Man United poured into the body of this fucking bum fluff facial haired mank tit wasn't he and that so Oh, go and scream at him and, and shake your fist at him and give him the V's and all that kind of stuff. I look around at that and, that and maybe that's why it is easier for us to turn on our own players because they're just there, aren't they? It's like why you why you fall out with your misses more because someone's got to when you come in with a bad from a bad mood. Who are you gonna who are you gonna be in a bad mood with? <laughs> you mean you're gonna be in the bad mood with the people you're in proximity to and that, like Liverpool have fallen have fallen foul of that. I think at the moment. Maybe so. Yeah, um, but just going go to the past, we mentioned a couple there. Some players from the past that that, 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 that I'll start with the Louis Garcia one because I think there might be some people listening who, who might not understand. He infuriated me. He, I loved him. I loved him a bit, and I would I went to bat for him on a weekly basis. And like, this is the thing because I don't work in pubs anymore. I don't really have really really access to this as much, but. There was always that one fella, and he was always he was being a group of mates, and you knew he didn't go the game all the time, and he knew that he was one of them fellas that he'd have the match on, but he'd probably walk around, he'd probably pop out the kitchen, 
for, for you know, or he'd be, he'd be reading the paper while the match was on. He wouldn't watch every kick of the game, and that felonated Luis Garcia. And, and the thing is, he was the, always the loudest little gobby shit in the pub as well, and he had a response to every defence of that player. And the Luis Garcia one was, oh, yeah, well, he's got the bunch of keys, hasn't he, to unlock the doors? Well, someone's fucking smashed the lock in because he doesn't know how to fucking blah, 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 blah. These, you know, people, there was a group of people who fucking hated Luis Garcia because he was that type of player. He'd have a worldy one week where he'd be sticking him in the top bin and the other week he would just give the ball away constantly. And it's funny because, again, people look back at it now and love him. He gets, gets his song sung. Today's a, a big day for him as well because he dresses up as a ghost on Halloween, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, absolutely. Tall and Chelsea. Oh, right. So he's done it. I think he's, he definitely did it last year. I think he's done it this year as well. I think Good. he was just reading the programme from that day dressed as a ghost this time. Good on you. He loves it. like, And, and these are the things that make him more legendary yeah. to everybody yeah. is that he infuriated me on the pitch. I could see his good points, but those good points for me were always balanced out with the bad. So he was just an average player for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lucas Leiva, people people hated Lucas Leiva. Yeah. You know, we know that Jordan Henderson, obviously, Dejan Lovren, Martin Skirtle, Ali Sissoko, Paul Koncheski, Milan Jovanovic, Stuart Downing, even though he was really good for one season. Um, Degan, uh, Joe Allen, people absolutely hated him. Nuri Sarin, Aspas, Moses, Markovic, Hosami. I mean... Yeah, the one for me, Harry Kuehl. I couldn't stand yeah. Harry Kuehl. And it, uh, to that point where I, there was there's still... Uh, one day I'll find it. There's video footage of me during the Champions League parade where I'm trying to... Get, I've got a video camera. I'm trying to get everyone's attention as the bus is going past. And I'm going like, Stevie, Stevie, Jamie, Jamie, blah, 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 blah. And Harry Kuehl's the last guy at the back of the bus. Harry, Harry. And his missus taps him and he points down and waves. And I, and I, I said something along the lines of... You fucking useless gobshite. <laughs> she fucking dropped like, I was like, you just won the fucking champions. I'm still bladdered. Um, but yeah, you know, he was he was one of them ones because it, I because I expected so much from him and he had he had six great months where he was he was everything. It was he, the injury, he, wasn't it? He got injured and he never and he was never right after that. And you know, the fact that he basically came up was it two or three finals that he had to be subbed off in in the end. Um, because and that rumour about his contract had his final appearances oh, and all yeah, that type of stuff, yeah, it was I mental, wasn't it? Cool, but and the fact that he was the player that we went after instead of Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, I think that fueled, fueled the flames it's over the years, absolutely. But it's funny how there are these, there will always be these players that. And inevitably, it is. It's the guys who are the ones tasked with the important areas of the pitch. It's it's weird why we're at where we are where we're at at the minute because I don't think we normally hate centre halves as much. It's weird, like fullbacks. Te- we tend to hate fullbacks. I did. I did dislike Skirtle a lot of his. Uh, well, probably one in two. I think we've come. I think I think Skirtle was the one who kicked this all off for us. If, if, if I'm honest, and it's probably it's probably because we have really good. Up, we have really, really good, good centre It's. I think it's it's you know it's it's defo in, uh, indicative of the time period, isn't it? Where we've been we've been terrible in defence ever since we signed Martin Skirtle. Um But the, but yeah, it always tends to be because like Emiliano and Sue, there was another one I thought he had loads of potential. We blooded him in. We we did all the hard work of getting him ready for first team. Then Aurelio like Aurelio's body fell off and he had to play loads and everyone just turned on him forever and he's gone on to have a really solid good level football career um, but there were people who just thought he was the worst left back Liverpool had ever had which was total bollocks total just bollocks. a young kid mate and that's the thing and that's the thing for me is that I think I think Liverpool's quality of squad 
is so much better and has been so much better for years now than it ever than it ever was in the past that we 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 just don't have those we don't have terrible footballers at Liverpool anymore you know we don't have the days of us signing Jean-Michel Ferry and having people think that he was a Julier spy in the camp mm-hmm. and that was the only reason we signed him we'll never have those days again the days of us picking up like a um, God, what was he called Pellegrino who was I bet he was the worst that's the Clavin now though isn't it maybe but I, I, I think he was much worse than much much worse than Clavin he was, was the same style signing yeah yeah I agree but what I mean what I'm saying is he was mid 30s he was the worst centre half at Valencia and he was two years past well past his best which wasn't that good when we signed him whereas Clavin was okay wasn't he you know what I mean when we, when, when we got him but it's we don't. I don't think we. I don't think we have those. I don't. You know. Even like a couple of years ago, some of the players we were just bringing in just to fill. I the think Nathan I, Eccleston I don't know. I don't know whether I agree with that, mate. I think there are players in our squad who were, who were poor. I think Markovic being one of them players, but that is probably more a hangover from a previous regime than 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 anything moving. But I don't forwards. think Markovic is. I think, and it's it, this is what I mean. I think contextually, it's easy to think Markovic is terrible. Whereas Markovic is still a Premier League quality footballer, I think we've had players over the years who you just look at them and think, "Why, why are you? I'm not even sure you're a prof- you're a professional footballer." Ever we've had like you know like your your Nicky Tanners, your Nabil Elzars, your again your Nathan Eccleston's. You've probably gone out a decent lower league but but Lazar, if Lazar Markovic is the worst. Then this it's 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 a point of what I'm saying is there. I think our general level. I don't think you have horrendous footballers at Liverpool anymore I think we kind of convince ourselves these guys about I'm not, but I don't I'm think not sure I'm not sure fans. I do get your point and I do agree with the with the main point which is the squad's much stronger now than, than it ever has been I think you look at the fact that you know we're in the middle of an injury crisis and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain isn't getting first team starts yeah. That, that that proves the point in in and of itself, doesn't yeah. it? But I think there are still players there that that, that aren't Premier League footballers. I don't think Markovic is. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think he'd be playing in the Premier League for somebody. Yeah. But well, think yeah, okay, fine. But because he went is, to Hull and played and played and, and played well, and, and and nobody else picked him up. No, no, no. <laughs> there's there's definitely something there's 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 definitely something in that, of course. But um, uh, either way, that's the point. If that if he's the worst, he's still a. Serbian international with Portuguese league titles and all that kind of stuff under his belt. Whereas in years gone by, it was we had some fucking terrible. Like, like again, Sean Dundee. Did he get a game? I think he might have played one. Did he game win the Bundesliga though? So, but I mean, if, if, you, if you're did, looking into his past in Portuguese sure. world a, titles, a, like we signed him from Karlsruhe. Oh, Karlsruhe I, don't think he signed, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he did win the Bundesliga. He was, he was poor. Though. But he was like again, he was just literally. Like not good enough to be at Liverpool. You know what I mean? And it, somehow we ended up. Somehow we ended up at Liverpool. We've had these, but I think I think the problem is it's like Jose Enrique is a great recent example of this. We laughed about him. We laughed. We kind of made him into a bit of a joke figure by the end. But it gets forgotten that. Oh my! You have first season. Like, he was the left back for the next ten seasons. years, he, wasn't he? he was like... A very good footballer for yeah, us, you know. That's right. Um, so move on then. The oh, just lastly on this, the, the changing opinions on players thing. I um, uh, it's something I think people need to get back into the swing of, you know, because I'm still seeing comments about Mike Moreno. People saying I will never forgive Moreno for the Europa League final, and I wonder whether that's something that people. I, I don't. 
maybe it's just me. I don't have the ability to carry those grudges with me. Um, for too long, I've been like my brain's filled up with too many other things. But I think you know we live in a culture now where because of because of tweets and because things that you've done exist online forever and ever and ever. I'm sure you can appreciate. Um, you, these things just get dragged out over and over again. People are just dying to beat you with your opinions on things from the past, etc. It'd be nice for us to just, for a couple of these guys, just to... I'd like to see someone come out and go, you know what, I've given Moreno shit for three years and I'm going to hold my hand up and say, I'm dead wrong about him, he's been dead good. Yeah. Do you know what happened? What, go on, you'll make a mistake. He'd have a fucking nightmare for the next game. Yeah, but that's no the, one wants to make a con to themselves. No, I think the Moreno thing's it, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting point for me and it's an interesting player to talk about because I'm not willing, after 10 games, to say that he's a better footballer now than he was. Yeah. Because I'd seen games and I'd seen spells of games where he played really well. You know, and for me, it's about that consistency over a season and that's what you're going to get. If you get... If he gives me... It doesn't matter how many. Let's for the, off the top of my head, five mistakes this season mm-hmm. over a 45, 50 game spell. That'll be a really, really good season. Mm. And he's on course to make none at the moment. And then after a full year of him being boss, I will hold my hand up and say he's fucking really turned it around him. Yeah. He's turned it around himself because he's played brilliantly. The 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 thing with Dejan Lovren and it's it's a similar thing is. It doesn't look like he's turning it round. And that's the difference between yeah. Lovren and Moreno right now. One of them's still playing at the level that he's played at yeah. his entire Liverpool career. One's playing at an outstanding level. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely, completely <laughs> agree on that. Um you're right. And that, I know you get you reaching this thing with Lovren the other week where you're saying like he's past the point of the past the point of no return. Is but here's the thing on it, is the last point. The point of no return is is with footy, unfortunately, is the moment they walk out the door and sign for someone else. Yeah. And and this would with these things like the, the treatment of Lovren, the way people talk, to, the way people engage with footballers, is just something that needs to badly get in the bin about about and life in general. To be fair, the idea of this is where we talk about how smartphones just exist so people can ruin your day at any at any given point, Unsol- send unsolicited misery towards you, um, which is dead hard, uh, a dead hard and stupid thing about life. So it needs to go. Um, so a few questions to to to, to wrap it up. Really good questions this week, by the way. Um, Seamus Keats. Uh, who is Silk on a Stick on Twitter. Uh, if you could create a full-back five from players in LFC history to replace our current one, who would you choose and why? You've just done your one. Yeah, so I'm thinking Pepe Reina in goal. I, yep. I, I, don't I don't think, think there's any doubt about Pepe Reina in goal. Well, I think pe- older people would probably speak to us about different goalkeepers and stuff. You might get Ray Clements. The, the thing is, the game's changed so much now that I think a modern goalkeeper, you have to still keep that modern goalkeeper. The fact is, Pepe Reina was probably better with his feet than Ray Clements. Oh, absolutely. Like, so, I, I think I think the right answer is Reina. Ray Whatever Clements era of football you've watched. have to be good with his exactly. feet because he never had to pass a football. Exactly. Because um, he just pick it up. Because you could. Um, the the thing about Ray Clements is that he come from an era where you never used to wear gloves and they could still catch the ball, which is f- genuinely phenomenal. Um, when you th- when you th- <laughs> when you think about it, um, uh, by the looks of it, ours are quite similar. Uh, the only I've only got I've kept the player from the modern Liverpool team in Ooh. there. I've kept Nathaniel Klein as the right back. I mean, it, yeah. Um, because as soon as you said I've kept one from the current crop. I knew who that was going to yeah, be. Because I, I was going to put Arbelo in and I thought, like, Arbelo is really good, but I think Klein's better. Hmm. 
And again, I think you've gone for. I went. I I, I was I was torn between Rob Jones and Steve Finnan. Mm-hmm. I've always had a soft spot for Steve Finnan, so I probably will go with him to be honest. Yeah. And, and maybe people who are listening won't know who Rob Jones is as much. But Rob Jones was tremendous. Thinking back on it, he's not a modern fullback in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And Steve Finnan was very much a modern fullback, so yeah. I'm going to go with Steve Finnan. Um, but we're going to have to work on him covering the back post for headers. That was going to say that that was his kryptonite. Well, the limit. The problem is with Finnan is that yeah, he, he didn't score many, and he and he had that weird thing of looking like he was falling whenever someone chipped the ball over his head at the back post. But I liked Steve Finnan. I thought I he was brilliant, much. and he could cross the ball. And he could really cross the ball. In fact, he was the best crosser of the ball at our club for a period of time. I think. I'd have. I'd probably, I mean, Rob Jones was better than everyone. He's still the best right back we've had in 30 years at Liverpool. But I, I'd have Arbeloa over Finnan, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, Centre halves, both got Carragher. Yeah, absolutely. We need a leader. Yeah. We need Jamie Carragher in that side. It was between Carragher and Onshow. And no, no, I'm not putting Onshow in. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that to, to give you an idea of what I was thinking is, I want me, I want me Stefan Oncho type of a bloke and Carragher's that. Yeah, and I've gone for classy on the other side. Yeah, so you've gone for Joel. Ma- I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Hansen. Yeah, I've gone for Sammy Hip. Yeah, um, both so, tremendous, and you know, exist pre-existing partnership, and yeah, the, the Alan Hansen thing again, the best centre half that Liverpool have ever had? Question mark. Probably not a question mark, for the similar reasons of the goalkeeper thing. He got out of the pre- he got out of football at a good time that he never no one we never got to test his class when he was forced to not when he when he couldn't pass the ball back to Bruce Grabbler and have him pick yeah. it up. But he was very much a step out with the ball and take mm. on a man type of a defender. Yeah. So I, I think I think given the right coaching and the right leadership, he'd make a he'd made a classy <laughs> he, partner. He, he was for very Jamie good at footy. I think he could have adapted yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, I know. So left back, we've both gone John Arnery. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, I have. Um, mainly because there was a period of time where I think he's the best left back I've had, I've watched those grow watched growing up. Um, the only other guy I would maybe put a shout in, but I think he was utilised more as a right back would maybe be Steve Nichol. But he, I think he was used at left back. But I Steve don't Nichol could play anywhere, anywhere. couldn't he? Yeah. Um, I think he, you know he was he was a, he was a great footballer, but again going with the modern fullback, it has to be it has to be John Arnarisa. Yeah, it's interesting because when we were talking about these like the players and the characters and all that kind of stuff, John Arnarisa is another great example of this because look, he was around that team as well. You know, Champions League winner, FA Cup winner, and stuff. Just being in a good team, but also having a couple of thunderbolts to your name, yeah. people totally forget out how he fell off a cliff like his last two yeah, seasons at Liverpool is. in a big way. Uh, but we signed him from Monaco, and he had that thing of that we were shown we were shown his goals from Monaco, and it got us dead excited about it. And then to then bring that in with yeah, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's exactly good the same. Reset, I love it's, ex- it's exactly the same as Danny Agger being a goal scoring defender. Yeah, he really wasn't. He really if was. you look back over his no. career, but he scored some belts that, that stand West out. Ham, didn't and he? the one at Aston Villa first game of the season was it? as well maybe and you just seem to remember them so they I think yeah they're pretty similar I think they're both pretty good I think we'd win the league with all of them yeah completely completely agree with that um, and finally in a more general football sense Peter Morano Mr Peter Morano on Twitter if you could put one new rule into football what would it be also if you could remove a rule what would it be okay so if I was to, I was actually thinking about the second part of this question at uh-huh. the match the other day okay about removing a rule, I would remove the throwing rule. What's the throwing rule? I you have to have two feet on the ground and the ball behind your head. No one does it anyway. 
Yeah. The amount of people that shout foul throw. Yeah. Let them lash it in with their hand any way they want. Like bowl it in. Like. Do it, pull whatever way they want. If they want to go underarm, if they want to go overarm, if they want to use two fucking hands. I don't give a shit. Just make them use their hand in the, one the way. Throw in is a very is a senselessly archaic and complicated exactly. way to throw football. And I, and I, and I, again, I don't know how many people uh, who, who listen to this podcast play football or have played eleven aside football because it's a skill. And it's a skill that you think, and I know the theory behind it, but having spent many years playing in goal, it was never a skill that I need. I needed to use. I've, I've been dropped into eleven-a-side games enough, and inevitably, when you get dropped into an eleven-a-side game, what positions do you get dropped in at? Fullback. Yeah, and you, you, when you, you take throw-ins, you take throw-ins. And I, I am, I am astounded by how far I can't throw a ball yeah. using a, a correct throwing technique. And even worse than that, that's not the hard part because you're always underwhelmed by how far you throw it. It's when someone is. Two meters away from you, it is fucking <laughs> impossible. Up and down, it's impossible. It's like over the wall. You've from got the to loop it. It's, impo- it's impossible to throw a ball to someone who is who is <laughs> like your height away yeah. from you, um, using that that technique. And you're right. We've reached the point now where, how often do you see foul throws in, t- in terms of technique? Probably every throw games probably the vast yeah, majority whatever. of throws at this point. How often are they called? Once a season, maybe do you see one one yeah. given? Just, right. just, just, it. just fucking get rid of it. Like, no, rid of nobody, it. nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. needs that in their life. And here, here's the thing, guys. I, 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 I was thinking about, it, and it's something you've kind of just said that sparked it off, is that these guys probably don't practice throwings. I can't imagine there's a training session on throwings no, at Anfield. If you're a professional level footballer, it, I think it's accepted that you should be able right. to take a throw. And here's how difficult doing something like this can be. How many times do you watch the long jump or the triple jump? Sure. Right, so let's go with the long jump because it's the easiest. That's all that guy does for four years leading yeah. up to the Olympics. How many times did he overshoot the board? Yeah. It's literally all he does for four fucking years and he can't get in fucking side that white line that's dead big. Yeah. Come on! Yeah. So the, now we're asking footballers you spend loads of time kicking a ball to throw it. You know what I blame for that? The plasticine. The plasticine. Because... I've always wanted to leave an indentation in the plasticine <laughs> on the long jump board. <laughs> Look, I did that. It's just, it's a natural, maybe it's a natural vandal in me. It's How like, close can I get? It's like the same reason when I, when I smoked, I, I always wanted to see what, what, what effect putting out a cigarette on different objects would have. Like, will it be? That's why you had so many bar stools with cigarette <laughs> yeah. holes in them. Not all from me, by the way. I did it once and I learned. What, um, what, what rule would you remove? I would, I think I'm going to combine mine, similar to what you, I think you've done there. And it's about, extra time and I think extra time should be should be played where you remove a player from from yeah you said this one before every uh, set a period so it's kind of like the reverse Royal Rumble effect um, whereby every two minutes uh, you, you designate a player to, to leave the pitch now does just, the manager pick for the opposition team because they should that would be even better yes let's <laughs> right, so f- but, it starts Get out, goalkeeper! But I don't fucking want you. But exactly, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Right. that would be funny. But we, we, that would be a natural move. Well, maybe if it doesn't work in ten years, twenty years' time, we can introduce that. But I, I would be interested to see the tactics that managers would use this because what what better to end up with your best centre forward versus your versus a, do you keep your best centre forward or do you keep your goalkeeper on the pitch? Because your goalkeeper can still score, but the odds of your fucking of someone else saving something are greatly withdrawn. Do they have Wenness? Exactly. And do does 
do you allow a player to to desig to take over the gloves like you would? Do you have, do you have to? They have to be handed the gloves and they're designated as your shot stopper. These are very interesting things. I think. I think golden goal was just too heartbreaking. And bear in mind, we won a, you know, we won a, we won a European trophy on golden goal. Um, it's, I never liked it. Never silver goal and golden goal never, never oh, got yeah. behind it. Penalties are as much as great because Liverpool went through a spell of being incredible at penalties. I fear that might be gone. I haven't gone through City. I haven't gone through us losing a couple too many penalty shootouts in the last few years. So I think maybe we'll be terrible at it. Who knows? But I think it would be just it let make football loads more interesting, loads more exciting. Let's see what happens and let's see what you end up with. Because I, I think it ends up with you, you're all round there. I think you end up with midfielders who've still got something left in the tank because you essentially you're still covering playing on eleven of, a side. Covering pitch. a lot of footy. Exactly. Maybe the it's goals like, moving, maybe the motorised and the pitch, like an Indiana Jones style you know, war with spikes. So basically, <laughs> the only team that's going to be able to practice this is Tottenham with their new fucking stadium because they've got these two pitches, haven't they, sure. on their new stadium. Like, um, So I like I like that, I like that. And the other one, I'm actually nicking it from Pro Evo this, this season. Okay. So we've been playing a lot of Pro Evo in the office. I don't need to tell you that. Um, but they've got this random selection match mode where you pick four teams, which is one from 2006, and it gives you a thing. But what they do is before the game starts, you get a trade round. Mm-hmm. So I want a tr- two trade rounds pre-every Premier League fixture. So you pick your match day squad. Yes. You name your 17, your 18 players. Yes. And then... An hour before kickoff, the teams get released. And five minutes before that, you will have had two trade rounds just, just happen. So Liverpool are playing Manchester United, let's say. And Jürgen Klopp, they have to do a toss for 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 who for, for it's not soggy biscuit type of a toss, it's just a normal toss of a coin. Um so they have to do a toss for who goes first in the trade rounds. And then you you'll have to help me explain this one. You get to pick a player from the other squad that uh-huh. you want in your team. Yeah. And they have to pick a player at the same time. So you don't and need then, to flip a coin. No, sorry, you don't, yeah. Because that, that's you not what happened on Soggy about. Biscuit. I did. <laughs> I, I think every podcast should have a mention of Soggy Biscuit, at least three times Soggy Biscuit. Um, and then they get to protect a player as well. Yeah. So, effectively, and then you get to pick a player that you... Is your backup player that the other team can have if the four goes wrong? So effectively, let's let's run through the hypothetical situation. Man United teams there. We choose Romelu Lukaku. They choose Sadio Mane, but they've chosen to protect Paul Pogba yes. so that we can't have him. But we've chosen to protect Mane. So we, we get the, Lukaku. Yes. Their trade for Mane is blocked because we've protected him, and instead they get Markovic or, 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 or Lazar Markovic and and commencing to round two. And at that point, they Do they try to get Lukaku they, back. They protect Pogba again, but we've gone for the Haya this time, yes. right? Yeah. And then they've nicked Phil Coutinho off us or something like that. But it get it get really tactical because first of all, you know, leaving them without a goalkeeper at all mm. would be great. So you could just pick two goalkeepers, and that would. Well, I was going to say because it's just because unfortunately for them, Sergio Romero is really good as well. But yeah, yeah absolutely, he's not. He's not. He's not. That but then what? And then you're also thinking about the blend of your team, aren't you? Like who would fit into our team more? You know, and I think Ander Herrera would be a good shout for a Manchester United player because I think he'll just he'll just work hard whatever team he's playing on. Mm. Whereas I think you get someone like maybe that like you end up playing and you end up stealing Mario Balotelli he's not going to perform for you because he doesn't perform for them yeah, I just think it'd be really cool I, I agree I think I think we've I think we've potentially fixed 
or ruin football there. That's great. I think we've done it. If anyone was wondering how the future of football should pan out, I, I bet most, I bet the FA had no idea it was coming from the Redmen radio podcast, but there you have it. Yeah. Um, Episode number... Um, let us know in the by tweeting us at the Redmen TV or in the comments below on the website. If you want to watch the video version of this, you can do it on the redmentv.com. Uh, if you're watching it already, hello. <laughs> we've not looked at you very much. We've mugged a couple of times. Um, but great. If you want more podcasts from us guys and our wonderful cast of contributors, the Final Word Show... Every single week, 60 minutes reviewing the match on on the, on the Monday and obviously Wednesday or Thursday, dependent on Champions League games. You can do that in podcast form. The Red News Roundups in podcast form. There's an incredible Lucas Laver interview on there. There's going to be a little bit with Daniel Sturridge this week as well. Um, so yeah, all amazing things and loads of extra bonus beautifulness. <laughs> Don't know where to say that. Um, on the website and again, as as we always say, become a supporter of the Red Men TV. It helps. You know, basically fund everything we do, and we're massively appreciative of, of the people who do that, and they're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful technicians and wonderful human beings. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to leave a five star review on iTunes, you can. That helps as well. If you want to buy some Red Men merch, you can do. Christmas stuff is coming. The scarves. There's all kinds of stuff. It's that exciting. A long way to show oh, everybody this year's jumpers. Yeah, the 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 Christmas jumper, which has become something of legend uh, around us over the last four four years or so, they're getting unveiled this week. Stay tuned to the social media channels we uh, won't unveil them on the podcast well it'd be pointless wouldn't it well yeah. not the video podcast yeah just for anyone listening on the podcast we, we, we won't unveil them on we'll here. tell you we'll the last yeah. next week we'll be wearing them maybe the yeah. week after. Uh, thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for, for 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 rating for subscribing for commenting all good stuff and uh, and walk on when you make decisions for your company you look for the no brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.